Champions Mojo is part of the CG Sports Network. We had to swim out to a buoy to start. So, you know, we're sitting there treading water waiting for the countdown for our wave or our section to start. And there was a lot of people around and I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I can't hold on to anything. I And then once I got started, I thought, you know, I might drown. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the award-winning Champions Mojo, hosted by two world record holding athletes and health, life, and leadership coaches. Be inspired as you listen to Conversations with Champions. And now your hosts, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast. And as usual, today I'm co-hosting with Maria. Hey, Maria Parker, how are you? Hey, Kelly, I'm great. Well, Maria, I'm so excited because today's episode, we are going to break down your first ever open water swim. You are a complete rookie. And I really hope people who are considering an open water swim to pure veterans like myself who was in this race with you will stick around because we are going to have some true takeaways. You know, we love our takeaways, but first of all, we're going to share with you at the end, when you listen to this podcast, what a complete rookie feels, thinks, and does in an open water swim. Number two, we're going to share with you how shockingly similar a veteran and a rookie think in the middle of an open water swim. And number three, we're going to give you some real takeaways. Maria and I are each going to have three takeaways that we gleaned from this experience in Lake Placid. It was a two-mile open water swim to help you succeed in an open water race, whether you are a complete rookie, it's your first race, or whether you're a veteran like me, which is I probably had over a hundred open water races. So let's get to it, Maria. And Let's set the scenario first that we are talking about this two-mile open water cable swim. It happened to be the U.S. Masters National Championship for the two-mile cable swim. It was held in the beautiful city of Lake Placid in Mirror Lake. So a lot of people thought we swam in Lake Placid, but we were in the city of Lake Placid in Mirror Lake. And first, Maria, let's quickly talk about what a great city Lake Placid is. Yeah, it was beautiful. The drive from where I live north of Boston up to Lake Placid was just stunning. And then we traveled from there towards Erie, Pennsylvania, and that was stunning. The Adirondacks are just gorgeous, beautiful. And Lake Placid was a beautiful town. We hiked all around it, and, and there it's sort of mountainous, and you can see from the high points the lake. It's it's really a lovely place. And and you know, I want to kind of even go back further when you invited me to do this. As our listeners know, I swim just a little bit, mostly I'm a cyclist. And Kelly, about, I don't know, a couple months ago said, hey, I'm going to do this two-mile open water swim. I think you can do it, Maria. Do you want to do it? And Jim, my husband. And so I thought, well, and I thought about it for a couple of weeks. She said, I'll give you a, a, <laughs> I'll give you a, a training plan. You can do it on two days a week. <laughs> so I thought, all right, I'll give it a try. I love, uh, I love an endurance challenge. So I said, yes. But during the training, I was like, what am I doing? I don't even know if I can swim two miles. (laughs) (laughs) Knowing that you are kind of an endurance athlete, I didn't have any doubt your heart could handle it. It's whether your mind, whether your shoulders, whether your training was able to prepare you for this. But I feel like that the little cool story that anyone thinking about swimming open water would love to hear. So the 10 days prior to the race, which was an important training block, those 10 days, tell us about what you and your husband did to make you 
unable to train the last week before the race. We'd been training in a pool, but we wanted some open water experience. We heard that there was a nice pond to swim in near us. So we, we scoped out the pond. It, you know, it looked okay. We knew other triathletes trained there. So we got up early one Sunday morning, just two weeks, I guess, a little bit less than two weeks before the event. And we went out there and we had a beautiful swim. We, we swam out and it was good to have the open water experience. And we, we swam all the way across the pond. And when we got to the other side of the pond, it was kind of scummy and soapy. <laughs> and we were like, uh, but we swam back. The next day, we both were quite sick. And so we don't know if it came from something. We suspect it came from something in the pond. Jim, Jim particularly had terrible eye infection. We both had upper respiratory symptoms that really did not, didn't clear up until for me just the day before we were to go up to Lake Placid. So that was a bad experience. That The swim itself was fine, but then wondering what horrible disease we might have caught in that pond was terrible. And Jim is, as a physician, he was, he knows all the, the worst things in every day, come up with some new horrible <laughs> possibility. <Yeah. laughs> well, it's funny because I think I called, you know, Maria's husband is my brother, my little brother. And I called him to say, you know, Hey, you getting ready for Lake Placid? And he's like, I'm on a heavy antibiotic. I, we went in this pond. My eyes are, you know, stuck shut with some infection. I'm not sure if I have Legionella or, you know, it's just, so anyway, they did not even train going into the swim very much. So to let's unveil the results. So, and then talk about the experience. So Maria, first, we were all concerned. Maybe you would not even meet the cutoff standard to not get plucked from the water. So yes. that is something that newbies do worry about. There is a, There was a one hour and 45 minute minimum to be able maximum. to maximum, right, sorry, right, right. to be able to complete the swim. And so you swim one hour and 20 minutes, which is truly stunning and incredible. And just to, because we're going to show you the balance of that, I, and you were ninth out of 10 people in your age group. Right. I swam in, in my age group. I was 46 minutes flat and I won my age group. But what's even cooler with how you did is you went to this race with two of your teammates, myself and Zena Courtney. Zena Courtney is a star. She's a really amazing swimmer. So we looked at the three-woman relay record for the nation, and Zena and I just needed to average 46s, and Maria needed to go one hour and 20 minutes, and that would break the national record. Well, we missed the national record with Maria by one minute. So Maria held up her end of the bargain. Zena and I could have gone a little faster. Both of us could have gone faster, but it, you know, it is what it is. But to have a, a brand new rookie swim a one hour and 20 minute when she thought maybe she would even go one hour and 45 minutes or above. So first question, Maria, what was the most surprising thing for you about this experience? I think it was most surprised that I actually did it, that I could do it, that I could do it in under an hour and 45 minutes. I hadn't, in swimming in the pool, I knew my mile time was really, really slow. I knew I could probably get faster, but not in the time frame we had to practice. So I, I you know, I thought, well, I don't know if I'm going to make it. So I guess I'm most surprised that I did it. And I did it in an hour and 20 minutes. That seems amazing. And also I wasn't the very last person out of the water. That's an amazing. A miracle in itself. <laughs> yeah, you were so. not. We couldn't find the results where they they collated everybody in order. They did age group breakdown. So we know you were ninth out of 10 in your age My group, age but group. you were definitely not 
in the, you know, bottom five. So yeah. that is really exciting. And not to throw your husband under the bus, but, he, and he was very sick the week before, but he did not complete the two miler, you know, well, that he there could are, have. he could have, but he chose, he said he's a sprinter and he was not feeling comfortable. And I know he had been on an antibiotic and he, right. he but he, he swam a mile and got out. So yeah, I fully expected him to lap me because we were in the same wave. And this guy went by me in the, in the second to last loop. And I thought it was Jim. I almost grabbed his ankle and then I looked over <laughs> and I that's, that's not him. That's great. So yeah, I was really surprised at Jim, but Jim is, he's amazing. If he wanted to, he could do it. He, he just, could do it. He, he yeah. could totally do it. And no harm, no foul. One of the right. reasons I want to point that out again is not to throw my baby brother who I adore under the bus, but to show that you can get out if you want to, you know, yeah. it's not, you know, Jim didn't bother him at all. It didn't bother our group. It didn't bother our team. It's like, okay, that was what you could do today. And now isn't he even, didn't he even say, you know, I want to do that again. He's even Yeah. Yeah. We were, we were talking this week. He said, yeah, I, I, I'd like to do that when I'm healthy and, and fitter. I think well, unfinished so- business is always a good thing. I think we should do a podcast on unfinished business. Cause now I think Jim has unfinished business. All right. So yeah, Maria. Well, so you, what was the most surprising part of your amazing first place championship finish? Oh, I think it was kind of a reconnection to just how enjoyable and fun and beautiful open water swimming is. I mean, I've been kind of a pool rat swimmer, racer, and I've done a ton of open water growing, you know, learned to swim growing up on a lake. So, you know, that's where I did a lot of training, done a lot of open water swims, but it's been a while. I think COVID just taking a break, breast cancer. I haven't done an open water swim in, I don't know, maybe 10 years. Wow. And so maybe six years, but I, it's been a while, actually, I think 2016. So it's been six years. I do know what I did one in, in Oregon, which I actually had to get pulled out of because I didn't use earplugs. The water was really cold and I got massive vertigo in the middle of that race. And I had to raise my hand because the world was spinning. So yeah, that race I didn't complete, but that was my last open water race. So yeah, it was just so beautiful, so clear. It's just a completely, I think the surprise is what a completely different environment it is from swim meet racing in a pool. Yeah, it is beautiful. I don't have any experience in pool racing, just pool training, but I completely agree with you. That's neat. Yeah. I have fun in both for sure, but it kind of was on my bucket list to swim in Lake Placid now knowing it was Mirror Lake, but you know, the visibility going down multiple feet, weather was perfect, swimming with the mountains in the background and the evergreen trees. And, and also there's kind of more of a festive blade back party atmosphere of an open water swim. But I have a ton of fun at swim meets too. But that was the surprising thing. Like, wow, I forgot how much I love open water. Yeah. While you were swimming, you could look up and see the mountains and there was a church on mm-hmm. the, that had a beautiful steeple. There was, it was, you're right. It was beautiful to be outside. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've talked about what was surprising for you. What was the hardest part that you didn't anticipate? Wow. This is harder than I anticipated. The start. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was really, we had to swim out to a buoy to start. So, you know, we're sitting there treading water, waiting for the countdown for our wave or our section to start. And there was a lot of people around and I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I can't hold on to anything. I, and then once I got started, I thought, you know, I might drown. <laughs> you know, I, it was all psychological. Even though I'm not a fast swimmer, I, I am very comfortable in the water. I just had to settle down. So the, 
the hardest part for me was was getting settled in that first section and just just trying to yeah pull breathe pull breathe you're you're fine you're not you know kick you're not everything's fine and you know get the also the other people's hands and feet I think this is probably very common for a newbie open water swimmer we're not used to if you're swimming in a pool you're not getting kicked a lot at least I'm not I'm, I, I don't have to swim in a crowded pool so but yeah everybody's you know kind of swimming over me and around me and you know, not knowing exactly where I was going and then seeing how far away that buoy was. Yeah. Until I got settled, those first 20, well, 10 minutes were were scary. That was hard. And was it your self-talk that just kept you calm or what what was your... I just had to remind myself, this is water. You're comfortable in water. You can always just float on your back. You're not going to drown. There's people all around. Just, you know, just put your head down and do what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. I, I was able to just talk myself out of it after a few minutes. And, and also it's things spread out. You know, we, we started in a clump and once the swimmers sort of got into their groove, it was a little bit easier. Nice. But, nice. but I did think, oh, I'm going to drown. <laughs> Good self-talk. Like, Good self-talk. It would be terrible to drown in front of everybody. <laughs> okay. So I know you're going to ask me yes. my hardest part, but yes. before I answer that, I wanted to address what I said we would do, that how shockingly similar a veteran and a rookie think that no matter your experience in open water, I think most people can have similar thoughts, you know, and I had the same thought. So I was in the second wave with a lot of fast people. I think there were only two women and there were eight people in a wave and you're shoulder to shoulder. And when that horn goes off, everybody's just gunning for that, the line, the straight line. And so there were six big men, six, you know, men in there with us. And there was a lot of jostling. I got, you know, whacked in the head and I thought I'm going to drown. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh my gosh, this lake is 70 feet deep. And then it's so, I think just to know that those thoughts are just, it's just anxiety. It's just the the body's way of saying, you know, hey, just be aware that you could, you know, be cautious. But then once you kind of settle in, but that was. Did you intentionally give yourself some positive self-talk? What did you do when you had those thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I actually drew on you. And then I have a another, you know, you're more than a friend, but I have a good friend, Hannah Moore, who is such a stud at open water. She's retired now, but she she missed making the Olympic team in open water by one place. I've watched Hannah in several open water races. And what we got jostled around with was nothing compared to some of those, you know, Olympic type level open water swimmers. It's a, it's a, you know, a dog fight in there. And so I actually thought, what would Hannah Moore do? And I just know she's so tough. And I'm just like, I'm going to stay tough. And I'm just going to hold my line. And if I get whacked in the head, that's just part of it. So I definitely did self-talk and I channeled you, Maria. I actually thought of you. And I think that's something, I know this is a little side note of, I noticed the Google Doodle, which, so when you pull up your your browser, there's a Google Doodle, the Google Doodle award of the year is someone hugging the other person. And this was the this won the ch- children's contest. It said, what is real self-care? Real self-care is allowing others to help you. Yeah. And so I think that has inspired me to think, who can I call on either in my mind, you know, when I'm alone in the middle of an open water swim or in the middle of a panic attack or in the middle of, you know, something, who can I call on either in my mind to inspire me, to raise me up, to give me some positive thought, or who can I go say, I need a hug. I just love that. So I was like in that place 
you know, even besides the start, I was struggling. You know, I was trying to break the course record for my age group, the national record. And so I had to swim on that line of aerobic and anaerobic pain. And, you know, so I was really not, you know, there were no easy strokes for me. And so even during that painful threshold, you know, I tried to think, gosh, Maria's in here. You know, gosh, Hannah Moore had to swim, you know, 10K and I'm only swimming two miles. So I, I call on my angels, you guys. And so that is what I think we all feel. And I think those are my tools. Yeah, I love that. And the doodle is two people hugging each other. And it's beautiful, the idea that we help each other, even in our minds. That's yeah. Thank you, Kelly. That's nice. Hi, everyone. My name's Danielle Sperling, and I'm the host of Torpedo Swim Talk podcast. I'm a listener and a fan of Champions Mojo podcast. And if you're looking for another top-ranked swimming podcast to listen to to get your weekly fix, I invite you to check out my show, Torpedo Swim Talk podcast. You can find us through our website at torpedoswimtalk.com or on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts at. Hoping to see you all soon. Happy swimming and bye for now. So my hardest, you were going to ask me what was my yeah, hardest. Your, yeah. your hardest was to start to settle in. Yeah. Definitely my hardest was not backing down from that anaerobic threshold. You know, just, okay. I know that I, I know when I went through the one mile mark, I was at a 21 minute high. Yeah. I think it was when I tried to look up and see they had the, the clock running. I was 2150-ish and I knew, oh my gosh, you know, I know my second mile is probably not going to be as fast. So that was hard staying on my pace, but also really hard was sighting because I had to raise my head a lot to see that I wasn't going to run into someone else. There wasn't a great line between the people coming towards us and, you know, we were heading north, they were heading south. So I had to target a lot and getting around those buoys was a complete coming to a complete stop. And I know how to do the rollover on my back, but the buoys were giant. So it's kind of like two backstrokes, then two freestyles. And at one point I decided to do a breaststroke kick and I got a cramp in my, in my hamstring. So my takeaway there is to, to do some open water training drills. Like if you're really going to do open water, practice the turns around buoys, which you can do in the pool, practice you know, how you're going to cite all those things you can do, you know, water polo drills and all that. So that was water polo drills, swimming with other people, water polo drills, swimming with your head up. So water polos, you know, water polo people are always looking for the the goal. So they swim a lot with their heads up. Also in that pack where you're getting beat up a little bit, or is that hard for you? I mean, how did you get through that? Definitely, definitely. Because you you don't want to be swimming anymore. Then or any less. I mean, you want to try to take the direct route around these buoys and around the cable. So yeah, you know, there were people that were in the space that I was in, and then there were people in our wave that I needed to get around. They weren't, you know, as fast as I was. So they plotted themselves on the line and I had to swim around them, which was always a thing. And then you get behind somebody and then you think, boy, this is great. I can draft. And then you're like, oh, but this isn't my pace. This is their pace. And then you need to go around them. Or you try to draft somebody that's faster than you, and then you're swimming too anaerobically and you you get run, you know, you get out of breath. So all of these things are, again, we are comparing veteran level people that are trying to break records versus right. trying so to survive trying to your survive first it. swim, which is you. And I w- that's why I think this is a great conversation because, yeah. you know, people are usually somewhere in between, but there's everything from 
learning to draft where the best position is to draft, which is usually on someone's hip. So yeah, I just tried to balance the combination of passing people without getting too anaerobic and not swimming behind anyone that was going to slow me down. But certainly in our wave, I think I started, maybe I ended, I started in like 16th and I ended up ninth overall in the wave. So I, I think I ended up passing seven people. Amazing. All right. So Maria, now we've talked about what your surprising thing was, what your hardest thing was. What was the easiest? What was like, this is, wow, this is easy. It was in the middle part of the event and even the end, partly it was easier because the there were fewer people, but, but partly it was easy just because I, I sort of hit my rhythm and I learned to count the buoys. You know, I learned to sort of, for me, when I cycle, it's always about the next sighting, the next thing that I can get to. And so I learned in the swim, since we were doing basically four loops, I learned on each loop, what were different things, you know, I was going to get to, I was going to get to this buoy number or that, or as I said, I was looking at the church or, you know, once I'm there and at this tree and then that tree, once I learned to do that in the water, I was like, oh, okay, God, this is a lot like, this is a lot like cycling. You just get to the next thing, the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing. And so I was able to settle down and, and, and start to focus on some of the things that Jim and I had been working on in terms of making my stroke more powerful. Yes. So a good takeaway from that is it's very helpful to swim the course if you can. Yeah. So Mark and Zena and I swam the course before we went in there. And oh, I, I can't believe I haven't bragged on my husband, Mark, who finished second in his age group Amazing. and really swam super strong. He had been injured. Cool. He didn't even yeah. swim at long course nationals the week before because of his shoulder injury. So he had missed all six of his events at nationals in, in Richmond, but then his shoulder had kind of healed. So he just swam easy and finished second in his age group. So I was, he did a really great swim. You know, he's a great open water swimmer. I think we've talked about him being a California yeah. state lifeguard and a surfer. Right. And so he's super comfortable. So he's kind of in between the two of us, you know, he's, yeah. well, he actually, he's a veteran. I don't think he's done a lot of open water racing, but I know he's done a lot of open water swimming. So Mark and Zena and I swam the course, which was great. But I heard you say that you counted the buoys during your yes. swim. Yeah. And the last two, I was like, oh, well, I, this will give me something to do because it's a long way. <laughs> <laughs> so, and somebody had told us there was like 72 buoys. I was like, there's no 72 buoys. So that was just <laughs> distracting. I wonder how many buoys there are. Well, there's more than 25, 26, 27. I counted 42. So, 42 buoys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, 42. That's a and it's not that many strokes between buoys. I can definitely do that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That is su that is such a cyclist thing because yeah. I know you talk about mailbox to mailbox. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. So yes. this is this is buoy to buoy. So. Yeah, I think each person is different in terms of what you can easily do from a distance perspective or whatever. But you know, so for me, if I can see something or I can almost see it, then that's an easy thing for me to do. Whereas if it's way out there, I can't. So that was buoy to buoy was easy. That was I I could do that, and that was fun thing to do. Count. Am I in 30 or 32? <laughs> yeah, so, I love it. <laughs> it's a distraction too. How about okay. you, Kelly? What was the easiest My part for you? Easiest part. Does sucking down four cupcakes after the race count? <laughs> <laughs> I loved those cupcakes. That was really easy. I, Is there any easy part in the race? During the race? Easy part in the race. That's a tough one. I've just got to be honest. It, it when wasn't. you're trying to hump it, it's just... Let me ask you, have you ever done a 12-hour world record on your bike? Were there any easy parts? Well, 12 hours, there's there's always some parts that aren't that hard. But for more like a an hour race, that there's no easy parts. Every single yeah. pedal stroke. Yeah. I mean, this was 46 minutes of yeah. not yeah. easy. But 
Yeah. yeah. Not even walking across the finish line is easy because your legs are kind of jelly. And, you know, even when you're done, you stand up and you're like, oh, I forgot how to walk. So yeah, that was yeah. a surprise to me is like, why is this hard? Why is walking out of the water hard? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So last thing before we kind of do our takeaways is for our listeners, was there something that you wish you had known prior to it that I didn't remember to tell you or you didn't find out? What would you like to have known before this? Well, I first want to say that you did a great job preparing me. I had, you gave me a great suit. You told me exactly what to expect. Everything kind of went as you said it would. You told me about where to, you know, what to do if somebody was coming around me or if I wanted to go. So I felt really prepared. The only thing that I wish I'd known was I, it was a long time to go without water. (laughs) And I was really thirsty. And I think I would have done better if I'd hydrated well before the event, but I didn't, I mean, I think the only thing I did had was a cup of coffee. You know, that was it. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. I didn't treat it like I would a, a bike race or a running race because, well, I was just probably too nervous to think about it. But, and also when you're in the water, in my workouts in the water, I hadn't really thought about needing to hydrate like I do in other events that I do. So anyway, that was, and I'm not a big, I don't sweat a lot. And so I don't need to hydrate as much as say Jim does, but I was really thirsty halfway in there and I wish I'd had something to drink. So my takeaway is make sure you hydrate, treat it like any other athletic event you do if you're a runner or a cyclist. Absolutely. That is huge because uh, you know I'm sure you would have performed better because coffee in the morning is is dehydrating. Diuretic, yeah. And so I know sometimes it's hard to think about getting in your tech suit. So you were wearing a tech suit, which is a leg yes. suit. You know, we were put in a bullpen, you know, we were put in those lines, we could not leave. Like I was like, oh my gosh, I need to go get some water for my goggles. Cause I always put in a little bit of clear water in my goggles before a open water race. And I didn't <laughs> have one with me and they wouldn't let us leave the, the bullpen area. So I was well hydrated, but I do know that when you're in your tech suit, if you still need to go to the bathroom, you can do that in the shower. Like a lot of people, you know, urine is sterile. And yeah. I know a lot of people do that, but I also noticed that a lot of the experienced swimmers, as we all swam out to that green buoy, our heads are up because probably a lot of bladders are getting let go because you've been standing there. So it is important to hydrate, worry about how to eliminate, you know, or void your bladder later, but that is really important. It's just like anything else. You just, you do need that hydration. Yeah. It wasn't a natural thing for me, but yeah. Okay. What about you? What, what, What do you wish you'd known? I guess I wish that I had known how big those buoys were going to be. The buoys were not out in the more the day before day that before. we swam. So they, they showed up that morning and these were giant buoys and they were a little harder to get around than I had kind of envisioned. And so it was more like eight strokes to get around the buoys. And I wish I had kind of practiced that. So that would have been, that would have been helpful, but all in all, I thought it was, you know, well run and fun. And, you know, I just, it was just like I said to you and Jim and Maria, I mean, Mark and, and Zena yeah. was, it was just such a peak moment, you know, doing an open water race with family and friends and teammates, just highly recommend it. I highly recommend it. I do too. I, of course, this always happens to me, but I, I'm thinking, okay, what will it take to be eighth in my age group? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because well, there's so good. many things I want to do. I don't have a whole lot of time to to swim train, but what could I do for another event? So yeah, it was beautiful. It was really beautiful. I think that's one, one thing to consider is these open water swims are often in lovely areas. 
So they're a vacation yeah. as well as an athletic event, which I love. Yes. Yeah. And I love the city of Lake Placid too. It's like a little European town with yeah. tons of restaurants and shops and coffee shops and views and loved it. Loved it. All right. So let's do our quick bullet point takeaways. Stay tuned for the takeaways. Want to succeed like a champion? Five-time Olympic coach Bob Bowman, coach of Olympic legend Michael Phelps, says Kelly's book, Take Your Mark Lead, is a powerful addition to your personal improvement library, and learners from all walks of life will gain key insights and enjoy this inspiring book. Take Your Mark Lead, debuted as an Amazon number one bestseller in five categories and is available online. And now, the takeaways. Okay, Maria, we talked about a lot of stuff from both a a rookie perspective, a veteran perspective, and hope that, you know, everybody got a lot out of that. But just our our bullets, let's do three bullets each for our takeaways. So what would be three things that you are going to take out of this race if you do another one for the future? Okay, first is, if I can, try to swim the course before so that I can create those little site points, those little midsections that help me keep going. Second is hydrate before the event, you know, and, and, and taking enough calories, whatever. Uh, we started at 11 o'clock. So it was the middle of the day. That's kind of a hard time for me. So, but make sure I hydrate. And the third is expect that panic and that anxiety in the beginning and just be prepared to counter it with truth. And which is, you know, with reminding myself that I can do it and, you know, keep those, be in charge of the thoughts that come into my, into my mind. What about you, Kelly? Love it. Those are great. So my three, you and I love the use of stacking and confidence before you come in. So, you know, when you come into these, knowing that you've practiced, my first one would be, you know, to practice those big buoy turns, you know, get a couple of people, put them in the pool, make them the buoy, swim around, learn how to do a tight U-turn around them. That would be a good practice. My second one is play with that pace that you need between aerobic and anaerobic. So yeah. when do you go into that anaerobic phase? Like I do a lot of leg dragging because it's just your legs are your biggest muscle. So when you when you kick over kick, you're just exhausted. So I don't use my legs as much, but I, I do when I pass someone and try to catch up with a pack that I want to swim with. So again, practice that that pace. And then my third one, we didn't really talk about for this particular race, but I think it's so important that Zena taught me that all these years I haven't used earplugs in open water, but she gave those pillow soft earplugs. And if you put earplugs in, it'll help you avoid that. There is a phenomenon known as, you know, this cold water gets in your ears and it can make you dizzy. Yes. So I would say I learned that this, you know, this was the first lake swim that I ever wore earplugs in. And I think it's very helpful. Good. Yeah. I got a little, what I call it seasick, but that's, that's probably from the water. That's, that's a great tip. Well, those are all really great tips and really, I love that aerobic anaerobic because that's where we all (laughs) need to be when we're racing at that, at that level and at that time period. So that's great. Yeah. I'm so, so proud of you. I just, you've exceeded my vision for what you could do, but it's not surprising. It's just, it's not surprising. Well, I'm grateful as usual. And throughout our our lives together, you've challenged me to be more than I thought I could be and do more than I thought I could do. So thank you so much. I love you. Love you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Champions Mojo podcast. Did you enjoy the show? We'd be grateful if you would leave us a five-star review on iTunes to help others find us. 
And we'd also love to hear from you. We're on all social media platforms, or you can reach us at championsmojo.com. 